Hello everybody, this is Captain Cats. And we are Cats. Alright, and welcome back to the show. So today we're going to be talking about quite possibly one of the greatest crime dramas ever to be created in cinema. And quite possibly one of the most influential films of all time. And we are talking about Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather. Uh, based off of a book by the great Mario Puzo of the same name. That was released in... Uh, 1969. Yes, 1969. And uh, and current in, uh, recent interviews with uh, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, and such like that. Uh, for, uh, Francis Ford Coppola thought that the film was going to be, quote-unquote, at the time, a spectacular special failure because people wouldn't understand the film or the themes because you got to remember back in the times back in the 70s uh, the moviegoer was pretty fickle on what they wanted to spend their money on what they wanted to watch so who would have thought that you know they were going to spend money to sit down uh, watching a, a family crime drama based, oh yeah you know well, especially after um, a little back thing Spartacus 1960 kind of destroyed the blacklist of Hollywood, what you can make and what not make. So this is relatively new at the time. Right. And the House of uh, Un-American Activities Committee or whatever. You know, they used to be like super powerful. And at this point, they're just like, eh, the chump on the street that needs to go away. So in a few years, he goes away. But right now, he's still there, but negligible. Right. Yeah. And so with a movie like this, they're, you know, no one's going to, well, at this point, nobody's going to care. They'll just they're like, huh? What? Yeah. Could have been a huge flop. Who would have thought that a crime drama about the uh, Italian mob family and the trials and tribulations, the rise and fall and of the everyday life of the Colleone family would have been one of the most influential and important films. Yes, to the point where um, real life uh, mobsters, you know, the 60s and 70s, you know, they were probably, you know, casual wearing, you know, cursing a lot. But after this movie came out, well, they became very, very professional. You know, they got the look, you know, they, they looked really good. Um, they started speaking better, but uh, and got real organized like they, they treated their, their profession with professionalism after the movie yeah and pretty much this movie introduced them etiquette yep pretty much high class etiquette um not only that but the cast is can go easily down in cinema history as one of the best casts that was ever assembled for a film um yeah most are well established some were like you know, up and comers, or maybe nobodies, but look, they're they're eternally cemented in cinema. Yeah. Well, here's a short list of who was in it: mm-hmm. Marlon Brando, obviously, Young Al Pacino, James Caan, uh, Richard Castellano, Robert Duvall, Sterling Hayden, John Marley, Richard Conti, and Diane Keaton. Yeah. And. I know the the budget of the film wasn't even that much, but the income. Well, maybe maybe it was six to seven point two million dollars. Uh, back back in that day. Yeah. And it went on to make over almost uh, three hundred million, which was a whole lot back then. Oh yeah, that's all profit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only that, it resurrected the career of Marlon Brando. It put everyone else on 
stardom, especially Al Pacino, Diane Keaton, Duvall, James and, and James Caan, especially James Caan. Um, and yeah, it revitalized the gangster genre. It, oh, it did big time. Um, like some of the gangster genres in the nineteen twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. Well, this one brought it back. <laughs> yeah, not only that, it made Francis Ford Coppola, you know, a Hollywood juggernaut when it came to directors. And then he made, and he, then he went on to make uh, um, the greatest sequel in movie history, The Godfather Two. And we don't mention three. Yeah, we'll just say it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Worst film. Um, well, at least of the series. Yeah, still. Um, but yeah, Godfather at 50. Well, is there more to say that, can't, that hasn't been said about it? It's a timeless classic. It's considered, what, ranked number two behind Citizen Kane as one of the greatest films ever to be, ever to be made. Mm-hmm. And at the uh, 45th uh, Academy Awards, it won Best Picture. It lost famously Best Actor, and I say that because of the famous... Marlon Brando gave the middle finger to the uh, Hollywood in his own way. He doesn't want to be dominated. And, you know, he, he declined it via a Native American. Yes. Who was talking about the injustices done by, you know, the First Nations peoples of this continent mm-hmm. on the white man. And so, so he famously lost it. Um, best Adapted Screenplay for Puzo and Coppola, so he, they won that. Mm-hmm. And there was other nominations. Um, best Supporting Actor, Pacino, Khan, and Duvall. And uh, Coppola was nominated for Best Director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a great film. Yeah, the, the, the run time was pretty long at the time. Uh, well, 177 minutes, so that's, uh, um, almost three hours. Yeah. But, um, but it was so good. You know, you, you get heavily invested into the film, you get heavily invested into the story, um, you know, the cinematography, the music, the, the interaction with the characters, um, even the locations, even the environment, you just be heavily invested. But there, but there are certain things that, you know, people who will see it or read the book will ask the one thing, you know, where was the point of no return for Michael? Because there was so many times, because remember, in the beginning of the film, he didn't want to be involved with any of it. He just wanted to settle down. He just wanted to be a family man, get a, get an honest, clean job, you know, make make an honest buck. Mm. And then we saw what happened in the film. When did he pass that point of no return? You know, before you know his father got killed. Before they did stuff to the family, after they did stuff to the family, mm. when he was attacked, oh, threatened or threatened by uh, Salazzo. Mm-hmm. Where was yeah? Where was the point of? When did he pass the point of no return? Or maybe there was certain. Um, maybe when he was in Italy, you know, hiding in Sicily, and uh, you know they killed his first wife. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what about, uh, oof, what's another one? Uh, shoot. Uh, the end. How the way the film end. Oh, yeah, where he had to just take it. Mm-hmm. Well, especially after uh, he had to murder uh, um, uh, his sister, Connie's abusive husband, Carla. Yeah. Not because he was beating up on his sister, which obviously would have made him do that. Yeah. But uh, he was also part of the uh, plot against um, Vito's death. Yeah. Which he survived. Yeah, just... There was so many, yeah, there was so many elements to it, you know, and you just have to stop and see, like, where was that point of no return? When did he pass it? But not only that, too, but look at how the way the acting was with each character, you know, Pacino was just, was just remarkable, so young, and he gave, like, this Oscar-worthy performance. Duvall did the same thing. So did Khan. Khan was just great. And Duvall was just wonderful. You saw how Brando earned that Oscar. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Oh, I won't get a movie deal. <laughs> with uh, right. Johnny Fontaine in the infamous horse death scene. Oh, yeah. Or that or the or this or, you know. And what people don't realize was that wasn't a prop dead horse. That was a real life horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. So many stories about that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and yeah, and just, just, you know, he did, they didn't tell him. They didn't tell him. So that whole scene that you saw when he was touching it, the blood and everything like that, and his facial expression and the yelling. No, that was all legit. They didn't tell him anything. That was like pure reaction, pure, pure reaction of horror <laughs> and disgust and shock and awe. No, but back to Brando, you know, I think this was Brando at his best. You know, especially to that scene when he was talking mm-hmm. to that um, that shop owner who wanted revenge in the beginning of the film. Oh yeah. One who asked him the favor. You know that, that was just that was just priceless, remarkable. And Diane Keaton, she gave a commanding performance whenever she was on with Pacino. Yeah. And just, it was great. Over the years, this movie went on to influence so many other movies, not only in the crime drama genre, but also internationally as well. A good example, Eternal Affairs. It took a page or two from The Godfather in terms of how to tell a story, how to develop characters, how they play with one another, you know, the little song and dance, and how to be emotionally invested and it was you know you you see that in there in 
you see like little bits and pieces of the Godfather in almost every kind of film, including action. What is there to say that has not been said about this film? You know? Well, there was uh, the casting of uh, Johnny Fontaine. <laughs> um, there's a story here that says that uh, the, the actor who portrayed him, Al Martino, he was mm-hmm. a famed singer in nightclubs. He was notified by, of uh, Johnny Fontaine by a friend, and uh, he contacted uh, a producer uh, uh, who gave him the part. Mm-hmm. But Martino was stripped of the part because uh, Coppola... You know, he was he was you know he became director and he stripped him of the part mm-hmm. and he gave the role to Vic Damone. Oh man! But according to Martino, okay, he stripped me of the role, so he went to Russell Bofalino, his godfather, and he crime boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick note: he was uh, Ro- Rosario Alfredo Bofalino, um, Italian American mobster, crime boss of the Northeastern Pennsylvania. Italian American, so he was running a Buffalino crime family. Right. Anyways, uh, he orchestrated the publication of various news articles that claimed Coppola was unaware of Ruddy, the producer, um, giving Martino the part, and then Vic Damone he 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 refused the role because he, he didn't want to get in trouble with the mob. Let yeah. alone they were going to pay him a little. Just too little for for a small part. Yeah, I heard about that. And also, so they, no, but then, all, then, oh, then, and then in the end, the part had to be given to Martino. Yeah, well, there was also rumors too that Victor Moan had ties to uh, the mob as well, quote unquote, certain mobs as well, but never been proven. Kind of, kind of like uh, Frank Sinatra. Mm. Allegedly, he was part of a, he was part of a. a, a um, a mob family of some sorts. But it was never proven. Same thing with Victor Moan. I don't know. Well, no, because Victor Moan knew. Because if Victor Moan turned it down, he he when he heard the name, I bet you he was like, ah, oh, crap. I don't want to get I don't want to get involved in something like this. Especially, you know, if they know who I am. So I might as well just make up a, like a phony baloney excuse and then just like, you know, bow down out of it gracefully. Nah. Anyway, but you may never know, you know. Oh, and believe it or not, um, Robert De Niro was going to be in this movie too. He was going to play Pauly Gatto. Yes, I heard about that. Um, the man r- r- the, who uh, didn't show up to... Uh, Help uh, Vito Corleone when he got shot up. You mm-hmm. know, I had a cold. That Pauly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um... But... But, uh, that was a blessing for him. Because he got to play Vito Corleone in The Godfather 2. And he also nominated and won an Oscar for that role as well. Yeah, well, he left and, uh... There was a spot open for this movie called The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight. Yeah. Because Al Pacino was in that production, and he quit, so he could, um, you know, uh, try to play Michael Michael Cordoni, mm-hmm. and so, um, and then De Niro went to the gang that couldn't shoot straight, 
I think. Or yeah. at least audition. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was in it. So he got his spot in Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight, and Al Pacino left that production and became Michael Corleone. Right. So like, wow, you know? <laughs> so many connections. Yeah. And which is funny, too, because it... Um, you know, with the rumors at the time of, oh, Pacino and De Niro, they don't like each other. They don't want to work with one another. It was kind of... Well, because, like... For example, what you just said right now. You know, um, do you see who can one-up on one another in terms of performances and also trying to get, um, you know, trying to make a name out of themselves. It's almost quite similar to the quote-unquote a frenemy status of Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando. You know, of yesteryear. You know, good example, Guys and Dolls. Yeah, sure. Sinatra sing, but everybody but everybody knew that the, the one who stole the show was was Brando. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. And then also too, when it came to on the waterfront, they wanted to give it. They wanted to give that 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 iconic role to Frank. Frank said no, because he thought it was stupid. Gave it to Brando. Then Brando went. He got it. Look what happened. Won an Oscar. <laughs> and Sinatra was beyond pissed and never wanted to work with Brando ever again. Still cursed him <laughs> to the day he died. So. Yeah, so. Yeah. So the Godfather, 50 years. And like like I, like I was saying earlier, you know, an iconic film still felt, its, its presence can still be felt in Hollywood to this day. Parodied, quoted. You know, inspired by. Mm-hmm. Influenced by. And one of the very few films that can actually legitimately said, oh, if you like the first movie, the sequel was better than the first. Mm-hmm. Or on par. And also was the first film to say, yeah, the first two films are great, but don't watch the third one. You know. And in two years, uh, The Godfather Part Two will be 50. So, you know, if we're still around, we're definitely going to talk about that. Yeah. So, what can, what, what can we say about, you know, if you're, if you're a movie buff or you've never had the time to sit down and watch The Godfather or want to know what the fuss is about, do yourself a favor. Take a good three to four hours out of your day. Sit down and watch this magnum opus of a film. And you'll see why it's considered to be one of the greatest films ever created. Mm-hmm. Enough said. 
All right, then, folks. With that, we want to thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll be back next week to talk about more random things and more crazy things about the world of pop culture and whatnot. So until then, I am Captain Katz. And I'm We Are Katz. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe out there. Have a great week. And we'll be back next week. Until then, take care. Yo-ho!